Okay, so Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's okay. Now, this is a really informal, casual, fun, just conversation. There are no mm-hmm. rules. There's no format. <laughs> we just kind of see where it takes us and I ask some questions and lead us, you know, okay. based on what you say. So <laughs> it's very much like one of my therapy sessions, <laughs> except it's just a conversation. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> So anyway, everybody, welcome to the show. This is a special little series of um, episodes we're having in Belgaria and beyond while we're at, while Alicia and I are on summer break. Um, my name's Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe and I'm a spiritual director and author and teacher of real magic and magical realism. And I'm here with my lovely guest, Rachel Salem. Is it Salem? So how do you pronounce it? Celine. It's Celine. more like a U than an A. <laughs> okay, Rachel Celine. And we're going to talk about the fiction and the stories and the magical realism that we find in novels and books and movies and just story in general and how that weaves into our lives and how it helps us cope <laughs> because the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good statement because the world. <laughs> kind of just don't need to say anymore do I yeah pretty much covers it (laughs) are you a do you are you a big reader what introduce yourself a little bit tell us what you do what kind of work you're involved with what your your passion projects are maybe and how you found us in the first place um so I what I do is kind of my my prophecy question for today, actually, um, because I I am technically I would like to do film work, but uh, right now the entire film world is pretty pretty much shut down completely. Of course. Um, so I uh, so I also work at a company called Literacy Connections. We um, hire, we get volunteers to help teach people how to read and write, mostly adults that are, um, that had to drop out of school for whatever reason, or couldn't just, weren't helped by the system and just kind of left behind. So um, we, we gather volunteers to help teach them how to read and write, to help get them to a better place um, job-wise or anything. Um, We also help teach people English for the first time if they're just coming here um, and things like that. So I really like that as well. With my film job, it was, I was a script supervisor, basically just making sure everybody stays true to the script and writing down everything that happens on set so that the editors don't have to look at every single thing to know what they're trying to find. But, and I was going to spend this year like doing as many projects as I could to get like really into the union and then everything shut down. Oh, and then okay. So you've got to have my, so many hours or something before you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got a promotion at my literacy connection job. So I don't know, like, is the universe saying you should go do this or is the universe saying do this until you can get back to that? I'm really not okay, too so- sure what's happening on that. <laughs> that's a great question for you later then yes <laughs> yeah because I, I really I don't I really don't know because I it's not like I don't I like both of them a lot and it's it's yeah 
-hmm. and I was not expecting to get a promotion for Literacy Connections, but you know, it's, uh, it happens. That's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, I don't, yeah, that's going to be a prophecy question for later. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do there. So you, your, your, uh, real world life is in story yes yeah whether it's teaching people to read the stories or making sure actors stay on the script of the story I love so it's that kind of involved everywhere yeah you've got all you've got the, all these different facets through you know you can look through into this the heart of what story is <laughs> yeah and um I've always loved reading um I've read I was, you know, one of those kids that was always like reading in school and, you know, the reading level was great. I was terrible at math, but I was reading at a really high level when I was young. Can't do math for anything, but I can read for sure. I so connect with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the way that I came to uh, David Edding's work actually is kind of weird. Um, I think it was, it was in high school. So like I probably... 2005 or something like that in early high school I was obsessed with this one anime called Inuyasha I don't know if you know it at all what's the name of it again Inuyasha my daughter probably knows what that is but I don't know (laughs) yeah they're coming out with a new one now too and I'm really excited about that but anyway I was obsessed with that so I was reading a lot of fan fiction okay (laughs) and so one fan fiction mixed a story of Inuyasha in with the Belgarian And I was like, this seems really cool. So I went to try and find something by this author. The first thing I found, though, was the Diamond Throne, which is the Elenium instead of the Belgarian. Which is totally valid. I know, I know. And I was, like, hooked ever since. I read through the Elenium and the Tamale, like, a dozen times. And then I got the Belgarian. And then, like, I got everything. And, like, I'm sitting in their way, but they're, they're all, like, right here. I have all of them. Oh, I love it. I, I had to leave my paperback codex. collection in Australia when I moved to Europe. And, oh. uh, yeah, they're the big books. They don't, I don't think they even sell the individual ones anymore, but yeah. Oh, family. I've seen that on the, um, yeah, yeah they, they sell them in like, like three, three in, a, in an omnibus yeah, or something. Yeah, so it's this, it has the first three, the three books of the Elenium in it. And you can tell it's, I've read it quite a bit. The spines are a little, uh, oh, wow. Oh, no, that's so, I'm a little bit sad that they don't have the individual books because that's. Yeah, but I mean, I've, these, I've had these for years. So like, this is. This is not a new thing. Darian and everything, but. Oh, I love seeing the different art. Like, I know, you know, I've been discovering there's different art for the different language versions, the different publications for different countries have different art. Let's see, I don't want to. Oh, here's this. This is probably the one I should have shown. This is Paul and Belgarian. Oh, that's Bulgarian. beautiful. Belgariad. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like that. I had them backwards on my shelf. That's the. They're the big here. kind of books that fall on your nose when you're tired in bed trying to read. <laughs> lying down Absolutely. On your back. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I have Paul Gara, her, her individual book. I'm sure you guys will get to that eventually. Yes, but. eventually. I like. I I think we've talked to Alicia and I've talked about like all the books that we want to talk about. By the time yeah. we get through the Belgarian and the Mallorian, and mm-hmm. then we get on to Belgarat the Sorcerer and Pogara the Sorceress, like the show is going going out for like ten, <laughs> it's a decade. It's a decade. <laughs> like, 
I know. <laughs> and then you have to do like the Tanalee and the Elenium. I need, I need exactly. to hear how exactly. Alicia feels about Sparhawk. Exactly. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, maybe, so- maybe one day we'll be able to double up and I'll, ha- I'll um, have the financial resources to like be doing it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, I came through it and it threw a fan fiction from okay. another whole world. <laughs> so how did you find the podcast? Um, I I had been listening to a podcast about uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Buffering <sighs> the Vampire Slayer. That's right. Oh, yes, I got into that for a while. And then I was um, reading my books again and I thought, I wonder if there's a podcast for these. And I found one legend of something podcast but they only talked about it in like one episode they covered like the whole thing and I was like I wonder if there's something better and I kept searching and I found you (laughs) did I just say how did you found the podcast I don't know oh god I hope not because that's (laughs) vile all right anyway that's cool it's very nice to know that we are like findable yes (laughs) yeah yeah and then I tried to share it with every about uh David Edding's Facebook I could find I know. Rachel is is like she goes out in and if what's the word if evangel and evangel evangelize evangel I know. there's a word and I can't find it in my mouth she tells everyone about our show it's fantastic yeah <laughs> well I mean I it's like Everybody always constantly talks about, well, I wish there was a movie. I wish there was more. I wish there was more. And it's like, this is a really great way to get more of what you love. And I really like, I really love listening to Alicia's first impressions of things. Like that's, I think, one of the best parts. <laughs> oh, it's so, like, she's constantly um, like, going, oh, a, a, a new perspective. Like, I'm like, wow, I've never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's really cool. So, yes. Okay, great. Okay, we've established that you love the show and the show is great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so now I want to know, like you are obviously a big reader or you love reading anyway mm-hmm. and you've read since you were small and mm-hmm. it's been a big part of your life. And so how do you think that the books you read um, help you navigate your life? And is there anything, anyone in like specifically or type of story specifically that you find your spirit drawing on sort of subconsciously? Uh, I don't know. I think like there are some people that are like every time they they watch or read something new, they, they pick uh, and, you know, like they kind of think, okay, well, you know, you, you try and like think, well, this is part of who I am now. I watched this, this makes sense for me. And I think a lot of people do that with with books and movies and just anything that they, they see, they kind of like take it in on themselves and go hard on it for like a little while. And then what's really not them drops off anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to know like what sticks to you, what doesn't. So like some of the things that I, I say, like any kind of, um, you know, some things that I say just kind of stick with me from like a TV show that I saw, they use this thing all the time. So now I say, you know, that kind of a thing, it just kind of gets in your head. Books wise, like, 
Um, Harry Potter, obviously, I, I take a lot of that <laughs> with me uh, everywhere. And I, I always love, uh, love anything for that. And it's easy because there's a lot of, you know, memorabilia you can buy. There's all sorts of stuff you can buy. But like some of the things, it's just the story that you carry with you. You don't get all this extra stuff. And as far as it like um, affecting my life, I'm not sure. I think it just gives you different perspectives on the way the world works. Mm -hmm. Um, The only things, the books that I have that have have a bunch of these books, like this is called Under the Same Sky. Um, it's a bunch of stories of people who have uh, escaped from North Korea. Mm-hmm. And so like, these are more real books, whereas most of all of this is fantasy. I have a few like- Okay, I have a question. Books, so like- I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah? pause. So this is a real book you say? Real as in uh, nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's a nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. So my own opinion mm. about every single story in the world mm. is that there are elements of magical reali- realism right, contained right. in the story because, because of just who we are, because of the fact mm-hmm. that we are spiritual beings walking through, you know, this three-dimensional world, making right. our way. And so whatever way we do that, must have those elements of mystical stuff woven mm-hmm. into it. What do you think about that? No, that makes sense. I was just thinking of it as like you're trying to t- um, trying to take like perspectives of the people in stories, and sometimes it's like it doesn't always apply to what you experience, and that doesn't have to mean it's not. It can't. It's just very different way to experience it and I know like some people you know if I try and bring something up they're like well that's not real and it's like well Uh, it's kind of like yeah I know but they're still written by people and these people had to have these ideas and it's like you take the it's it's just because they're in an imaginary setting doesn't mean you can't take what they've said as real and like people they do things all the time, like say quotes from like Harry Potter and they use the character's voice as the quote. And some people mm-hmm. are like, well, it's all JK Rowling. And it's kind of like, sort of, but at the same time, these characters have a life of their own once they're on the page and once they're in people's heads. And especially with uh, JK Rowling kind of yeah, not being- messed up a little bit recently. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So it's kind of a lot, you know, it's like, that's an interesting, actually, that's interesting because yeah. I've come across several times now uh, things about, um, like, the author behaving in a way that a fan or a, a, a reader who loves their work does not approve of. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it difficult for them to continue loving the work. Right. Now, I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Because, as you're saying, the characters become animated in and of themselves Mm -hmm. once they enter our psyche. They are part of how just our makeup now. Mm -hmm. And you can't give that back, even if you want to. Right. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Um, 
And it's like, we all have our own ideas of these characters. Like, I mean, fan fiction is just one example. People take these characters that are so real and dear to them and just run with the whole story. And they can do pretty, you know, things that feel accurate to the reader because this character is fully fleshed out. This is a person. Just because they're not technically real doesn't mean that everybody you say, Albus Dumbledore to, doesn't know who you're talking about. You know, like, this is... Either that's it, they become the archetypes of things that we recognize, patterns that we recognize. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to blur that line between um, nonfiction and fiction again, mm-hmm. and real life even. Mm-hmm. Like, so we might read the same books, but what the story we experience will yeah. be different. Yes. will be unique Very. according to what's happening inside our imagination as we are constructing that story for ourselves. Right, for sure. In that same way, every person you know, have ever known, and someone, you know, so, so maybe you and your sister or, you know, mm-hmm. know your mother, you know a different person. Each of you knows a totally different person. Right, right. And you remember Christmas in, you know, 2016. That's a different Christmas that you remember to the one that your sister remembers to the one your mum remembers, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, for sure, for sure. Every single memory that we have, no matter who is, uh, you know, um, in that same memory is unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to put it. Even memories are like that, yeah. Like because the, the, the story <laughs> memories are stories right right yeah kids uh sometimes you're like oh that was such a fun trip and your sister was like that was terrible what are you talking about and, and it's the same thing with like she liked reading those twilight books and I was like ah oh, this is terrible and she's like you've never read it so I took one of her books and I was like I can't I can't get even through this this is no <laughs> I just just no spam water all over the desk because <laughs> Twilight's one of my, like, if I want to binge for a long weekend, I'll sit down and read all the Twilight books one after the other. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, because it was, like, it was okay at first, and then I got to the part where he's, like, stepping into the sunlight and sparkling, and I'm like, "Mm, I I can't. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. (laughs) And apparently there's, like, a new one out now. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I think there was, is one coming out or is out, but. I think it's out now, like. (laughs) from Edward's perspective or something I don't know I've literally just finished reading them like three days ago I did a binge read like over over the week because I had a few days off and I've literally Uh, just finished reading them and I'm like I'm reading it going oh fuck Bella can you stop whinging (laughs) oh yeah anyway yeah guilty pleasure reads or or watches or you know that that's a kind of a thing (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh. yeah <sighs> okay so sorry sorry go on were you gonna say something oh no it's just interesting you know how how different things can be and how different and like my sister likes I'm just surprised she liked it in the first place because she doesn't really like Harry Potter she doesn't like fantasy fiction she reads um romance novels all the time yeah and it's so interesting to me too because she was always more of a tomboy kind of thing she liked watching wrestling she liked all this stuff so it's like always so interesting that she's the first one that got married 
she's the one that really desperately wants a baby. Like she was never like the picture of a girly girl that would, you know, be the one for all of that first, you know? And now it's, it's like kind of weird. It's still weird to me how much she wants a baby because I'm still like, <laughs> maybe sure, but I'd probably be fine if it didn't happen. How old are you? Uh, I'm actually going to be 30 next month. How fif- When's what? The 26th of oh, September. September. Oh, I was going to say, what month is it? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. August. When's my birthday yeah, yeah. again? <laughs> no, not till October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, September 26th. Uh, your sister is reading fantasy. She's reading princess fantasy. Yeah, yeah. The romance thing. She just doesn't like when, like, magic things happen. It takes her out of it. She's like, this isn't real. I don't like this. So she <laughs> likes to read, like, different fantasy things um, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like romances rather than but any kind of fantasy, which you'll be hard-pressed to find a book on my shelf that doesn't involve magic. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's nonfiction. And... And I'm, um, I bet that any nonfiction, any, any, any volume of anything that you pull off the, your shelf, I will find for you some magical realism in it. Yes, I'm sure. Well, yeah. You know, like I mean, it's so subtle and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. Like there are no, I don't I guess Shakespeare, are. well, Shakespeare has magic. So yeah, no. like there's no, <laughs> it doesn't work either. <laughs> I, I think it's the, the definitions that we give things. Mm-hmm. And we forget that subtle um, is powerful. Mm. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. Oh I my just, God. Have, I... We, have we actually been talking for like 50 minutes? No, no. We only started at 9.30. <gasps> okay, good. Okay. Oh my God. We only started at the 30. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I've um, I've been obsessed with magic pretty much my whole life. When I was little, I watched I Dream of Jeannie like crazy. Mm-hmm. I was I was Jeannie for Halloween for I want to say ten years. As nice. soon as I could ask for my own costume, that's what I was. Because when I was really small, my mom was obsessed with dressing us up as like Pebbles and Bam Bam, oh my <laughs> and stuff like that. So I always had the hair, always, until I was old enough to say, you got to stop doing, oh yeah, oh yeah. She had a little bow, the whole thing. She would, she would, she would do that to us like crazy. Okay, (laughs) so all of this magic that you consume, has Mm -hmm. it come out as you live your life? Um, well, I think because like, it took me a long time to know, like, what I really, oh, sorry, I'm like bouncing my little table. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> it took me a long time to know what to do with that. Um, and I was going through high school. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to go to that college. This is what I want to do with my life. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I went through different things. I went through like journalism and English and things like that. And I gravitated toward English because I liked reading and like all this stuff. And so I decided I went to community college because I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I figured even at a community college, I could get like the basic classes out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I needed an elective. And one of the teachers that I really like taught uh, a radio class and a television production class. So I was like, well, I'll try that. And then the radio class was fun. That was what I did first. And then the television class happened and it was kind of like seeing everything behind the camera and all of that it was like 
you are creating the magic that you see in movies and, and TV and film and stuff. And I really, really love that. And it was the first thing that connected me with, well, this is kind of like you're, you know, you're part of the magic that makes a movie happen because you can see all these movies like Lord of the Rings and Avengers and all of these kinds of things. And they're doing such amazing things. And it was kind of cool to be on the other side of that, seeing how to make that happen, how to make magic for other people. Because like, like I said, Jeannie was something I absolutely loved and learning how they created her magic was really cool. And I wanted to, to keep going on that. And so I went to a film school in Florida and learned even more. And then when I, I found, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't push this harder, the script supervisor part, because while it's not the technical aspect of making the magic happen, it's like, you know, making the script come alive. You're trying to have everybody follow, follow it as much, best as they can, make sure you get all of the camera angles that you need for a specific scene and helping the director with that. And it's kind of like literally taking the words off the page and making them visual. I mean, everybody else is doing all the technical things, but you're making sure all of the stuff that's on the page is being filmed. Mm -hmm. And I really, that was like, it was one of the last projects that we did that I found that job, which I'm a little mad that they didn't like go more into detail, not in the beginning, so that I could have been doing it the whole time. Um, but I was also like focused on television production as well. And I liked that. But the very last, I think it was like this. No, I think it was the very last project that we had. The guy that was supposed to be doing the script supervisor position, he was falling asleep all the time. And my, my best friend was like, <laughs> I had been like, on that project, I had been like making sets and things like that. Cause I don't know, for some reason I seemed to be the only one that knew how to use power tools. <laughs> so I had built the sets. I was been one of the lead builders on the set. And then, um, so I didn't really have much to do during production. And she was like, look, I need somebody I can trust. Can you please do this for me? And I started doing it and I was like, this is awesome. And I didn't get another chance to try for a few years after that. But, um, and then, I was trying to get, and then I was traveling for a long time. So I was like in, I lived in Spain for, for a long time and I traveled to a bunch of places from there. And then when I came back, I was like, all right, let's try and break into film in New York. And it was slow. And then I finally found uh, a small production company. They're called Besties Make Movies. They are amazing. If you want to check out, they have a bunch of films. Um, the first one I worked on is called Triple Threat, um, about um, a group of friends who are trying to get a play onto Broadway, and they're trying to figure out their lives, and one of the friends decides he wants a baby, but he knows that they're never going to let him adopt because he's gay, he's a Broadway actor, he, he just doesn't have the just isn't going to look good to adoption agencies. So they decide that they're going to help him by giving, like, by artificial insemination. And so it's like this whole stress on their relationship of having a baby for their friend so that he could be a dad, which is what he wants more than anything. And um, the friend that's carrying the baby, the stress for her, and the friend that donated the egg, because it's like a whole three-way thing here. But I love that the folk that, that it comes like, in from him. The, yeah, the, the the impetus is from the dad. From yeah, the yeah, dad. he's the one that wants the baby more than anything. And neither of the, the, the girls are really 
into the idea yeah. and things like that and the girl I'll, I'll that, put a I'll get a link from from Rachel we'll put it in the show notes yes I will do that so far we have a um it's a musical they're trying to get onto Broadway so there's a lot of really amazing music in it mm-hmm. um they released a little bit of a, a video teaser video um and a song so far and it's it's amazing it's one of my oh, favorite songs so we'll have links we'll have links yes you we'll can have links. check it out I can do that um, and so that was the first project I worked on with them and so I was just getting on project after project with them and meeting people and a few other projects there and so that was a few you know more weekend things and this like that and I needed a I needed another job for a good amount of money because you know it was few and far in between sometimes and then I found Literacy Connections. I was thinking of volunteering at first and they were like, well, we need somebody, an office aide, would you mind doing that? And I was like, sure, I'll try, I'll do that. And so like, I decided that I was going to do that with them. And then I found that it's really awesome to also be able to teach people how to read because they're, they've never had that of being able to pick up a book and say, go through it. Or it's a lot of older people as well. So they can't read with their kids. They can't go through their homework with them and getting them to a point where it's like they can finally read a bedtime story to their kids for the first time. It's also really magical. Mm -hmm. So now I'm at this place where film is completely shut down because of the virus and everything and how America is handling the virus. Mm -hmm. And I got a promotion for Literacy Connections. So it's like both of these things have that magic that I was looking for forever. And Mm -hmm. I just don't know which way I'm supposed to be going. (laughs) Because I really thought with, in the beginning of this year, I was going to do as many projects as possible, get into the union and and do this full time. And then everything shut down and I got a promotion I was very much not expecting for Literacy Connections. It'd be interesting to see how it comes back in. It won't be the same, perhaps, but it it will be a version of, you know, what it was. That will be interesting. So, So, okay, yes, so I love that. It's two kind of different ways in, like, that you're you're finding as magical. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what what about your personal life? So... The same kind of thing, I suppose. What are the things you notice, or the the things that uh, tr- that you need to move through in the world, in real life, that require you to dig a little deeper than the initial reaction that you might have? And how do you find um, this this world that you've read? you know, that you carry, this library that you carry around with you all the time. How do you find that supports you? And do you have an example? Thank <laughs> you. Um, um, and if that makes no sense, you're allowed to say. Yeah, I think I need a little more clarification okay. on what you're saying. Okay, so hmm, let me have a think. So the world is on fire. Yes. <laughs> okay. There are systems crumbling. There are new ways of uh, being, you know, waking up mm-hmm. inside us. How are you drawing on 
the the magic of story or nonfiction in general to to get you through those times when you might be overwhelmed or just not know what the frick to do. <laughs> um, well, it's always comforting to dive into uh, a book um, or, or a movie or a podcast. <laughs> um, I'm one of those people that like binges things. I've tried once or twice to read along with you and Alicia and I've gone through the series like three times that way. <laughs> So that didn't work, especially since I have it on audiobook, yeah. so I can listen to it doing whatever. <laughs> um, and so it's always like a good, I find I've been reading, rereading books more than reading new books because um, I think I've only read like, I don't even know, like one or two new books recently. Usually I read a bunch of new books all the time. Um, but I, I don't know, for some reason, like, I think this whole thing is making you want to find comfort in, in old things. I was going to say. And so I've been rereading old books rather than reading new ones. Yeah. Um, I did read a new one actually recently that made me want to, uh, look into your, um, uh, the, what is it called that you just, that you shared with me, the, the. Feminine uh, version oh, of the, oh, the, the goddess, a goddess course in miracles. Yeah, a goddess course in miracles. So, uh, it's actually it was a very strange book. It it's I don't even remember what it was called. It's got to be somewhere around here. It was actually a book about somebody made a story about a woman that was Jesus's wife, and mm -hmm. so it was just everything from like her perspective. But it didn't really change anything in his storyline. It was just. So it was really fascinating to see how she felt about God and how she felt about him and like, you know, a few things from his perspective in, in regards to her. And it just kind of made me think she, the author did a really good job at like keeping up with what is in the Bible and what Jesus probably would have thought. And so that was really interesting. That was a, a that was something new that I read, but I did that, like, I went to the beach, which maybe not supposed to do, but we kind of needed a little break, but stayed in the Northeast because that's one of our, our safe little bubble, so, uh -huh. but, yeah, that was one of the new ones I read, but that was really interesting, so mm -hmm. that made me want to look at your, your goddess yeah, and miracles. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do, take the perspective of the feminine. Yeah, mm. so that, that was interesting. But yeah, mostly it's been, I've been rereading old things like Harry Potter, David Addings, um, yeah. things like that, that I've read over and over again, that there's, there's no surprises. I know all the bad things that are going to happen. I know all the good things that are going to happen. So there's no more terrible surprises. Like, you know, the fact that the world is kind of crazy. The fact that. Doesn't that make sense though? It's like, med it's medicine. It's yeah. Medicine yeah. To soothe your fractured soul yeah yeah so it's been rereading or listening to podcasts or watching old shows that I've seen a dozen times yeah more so than looking at new content because I totally understand that yeah for that. I go in, yeah it's like a holding pattern mm -hmm. I do new for a while it's like a growing period it's that cycle of you know mm -hmm. spring through to winter right 
you know, you go through and have the burst through and then you need to sit with it for a while. So you've got to mull things over and you go back mm -hmm. into your comfort and all of the things that are familiar. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. You no, no. Well, I ask a question and we see where it goes. Okay. Hopefully it makes sense when I listen to it. Probably it will. Tends okay. to. I get, like, I have these conversations, like, at least, you know, we just blah, 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 make the show. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I have no idea what we said. I'll listen to it when I edit it tomorrow. <laughs> it usually yeah. works out okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, uh, so <laughs> do you have any questions you want to ask me? <laughs> this is always the part where I think I should have prepared questions. You know, like, but I deliberately don't ask anyone to prepare anything because yeah, just, yeah. Like, see what happens. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know that I do. And it's, don't feel like you have to rush because this is the podcast and I can edit silences out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, or what about your reading habits? Is it is David adding something usual for you? Like, is that the kind of stories you're drawn to? Like, what other kinds of stuff do you like to read? That is very interesting. <clears throat> as far as fantasy series go, I don't tend to read new fantasy series. Mm -hmm. I have this weird, irrational prejudice, especially if I think I'll really like it. Like I have a series sitting on my Kindle mm -hmm. that I, and I've read like half the first book okay. and I love it. I loved it. I loved it. And I stopped. Because okay. there are like five really big books and that's a commitment. And I know that if I just let myself go, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll lose the world, lose the rest oh. of the world until yeah. I get to the last word. I know that about myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think I tend, and, and there's also the what if I don't like it? What if I, what if I, I actually don't like it? I think I like it, but what if I don't? Right. <laughs> should I commit like I'm never going to start Song of Ice and Fire that series until the last word in that series is actually published and I know that yeah. I can read the whole thing yeah yeah I so um I tend to go back to my stand my my go-tos are all of the David Eddings books mm. um Lord of the Rings and the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings yeah um, I think I read The Hobbit in like an hour. <laughs> it was pretty pretty easy to read through. And they still squeeze three movies out of it, but you know. Oh my god, don't even talk to me about that. Um so but the the books that I am drawn to read most, I'm trying to read new things, things that I wouldn't normally read. Mm. Like at the moment I'm reading song of stone or something it's a mm -hmm. it's a biography about crazy horse hmm. and it's fascinating as i don't want to like it but i have to <laughs> know what's happening next it's very right. weird reading experience yeah so that oh, I'm, okay. tr I'm trying to do more of that because mm -hmm. i have tended always to go back to comfort back to comfort back to comfort mm -hmm. And that's my my 
default backpedaling away from anything that might take me somewhere that I might not like Mm -hmm. in life in general. And so this is a whole new way of, for me, of living, living forward rather than churning, 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 churning in place. Mm-hmm. And if I, I read a lot of non, I read quite a bit of nonfiction, like mm-hmm. feminist stuff, and I don't have any favourites, but I like that feminist flavour. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I think I might like a lesbian romance, but I haven't read any of them yet because I haven't been motivated <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm just, I just, I don't know. I always used to use romance novels as escape and I don't want to escape yeah. from anything, anything because I really like my life. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess reading for me and it was like from, I was the chick, the, the girl in the library that was weird and had no friends, you know, forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It, so reading was the escape for me. Books were right. my friends. That was where I went mm-hmm. to get away. Huh. So maybe that's why I'm more willing to read new things now mm-hmm. because I don't need to get away anymore. Hi, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I answer your question? You did, yeah. No, oh, that's great. Cool. It's really cool. Um, something that helped me get out of my book comfort zone, I stopped doing it now because I try and save money. Um, it was, it's called, it's like a book of the month. Mm-hmm. So they give you five options and you choose one of those books and they send you the book. So I have a, I have a bunch of them. They all have the little book yeah, of the month yeah. logo, but so they only give you five options and they're all generally like new books, very highly rated. So you get, uh, there's like 20, sometimes $25 books and it's like a $15 a month or $12 a month, something like that. So the fact that they only had five to choose from, I couldn't go to like a bookstore with everything in front of me. You have to choose one of the five. So whether it's in your comfort zone of, or not, you would still choose one of those books. I mean, you can always skip a month, but <laughs> that's how I had to cancel it. I totally forgot that I had it. And so I wasn't picking books, but I wasn't <gasps> skipping them either. So I had like oh. 10 credits. So luckily they were able to give that money back to me. <laughs> but like focus, a focus? Yeah, like a focus. So you get five five choices and you have to pick one of the yeah. five choices. So that helped me pick a few different ones that maybe I wouldn't have picked before. And so it's so cool. weird. People say, what are your favorite things to me? Or what is, you know, and I'm like, like, you know, <laughs> I read a lot. Why can't I think of what I read? I also like, really, really like Georgette Heyer. Okay. Now she writes historic, she wrote historical romance and I love her female characters because they're sassy Ah. typically they're strong and sassy and I really really and they're like there's no sex in the books it's just a really cool story and I really like Jane Austen stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and actually I really like Jane Austen stuff by other authors coming at the same stories from different characters so okay. it's not, not fan fiction, um, uh-huh. but I, just, I guess it's a type of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. But, like, say I've got a book called Longbourn, which is written from the perspective of one of the maids. Okay. 
and it's it's great and so I really like reading about that particular time mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of cool it's very cool yeah um so. that's I, I've been looking into more like historical fiction things and that's the the reason that I picked that book about Jesus's wife it was one of the book of the month thing that I was like this is so oh. strange but I kind of need to know what it is and she was like this amazing person her Mary her father is. was a scribe so she knew how to read and write and yeah. she was beautiful at writing and that's not something women did then you know no. so she was a really strong person that it was really kind yeah. of interesting to see that world from that perspective that's beautiful yeah Mary Magdalene <laughs> is um she was a priestess mm -hmm. powerful powerful magic in there yeah yeah oh that's sure really cool. yeah so I'm kind of looking for other stuff like that I feel like I lost that book because I don't know where that's all right which one it is oh no it's right here duh ah, so what's it called book the book of longings nice yeah and at the end she like she writes a whole bunch of stories her her passion is writing down the stories of women mm -hmm. she looked taking women from the old testament because then that's what they had because you know yep. jesus was just becoming a thing mm -hmm. and she wrote stories of women she knew um one of her friends that was was raped and her father disowned her and, and cut out her tongue for talking about it and she writes all of these stories of these women and it's yeah that's because, her main passion patriarchy. yeah 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 because her friend said in the marketplace you raped me this is what happened her father was shamed and cut out her tongue and this yeah. is why darling listener i teach what i teach i write what i write and I encourage women to talk about stuff that they don't get encouraged to talk about anywhere yes. else. Yes. And it's like, even in like the real world, there are things people don't really talk about too much and people don't know exists. Um, I had been talking to my mom about something about how one of my friends commented something stupid and he was, wasn't getting it. It was uh, on the fact that in America, I'm not sure about anywhere else, if a woman wants a hysterectomy or to have her tubes tied, she needs to be of a certain age. She needs to have at least one of each child and she needs her husband's consent. It's My mom didn't know that just, at all. It's not just in America because in Australia it's the same. Like my yeah. ex-husband could walk in and get a snip whenever he liked or exactly. a man yep. can go in and get a snip and it's much less invasive. It's easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but a woman can't just decide for herself that that's right. what she wants to do. It's but because nobody really talks about it too much. She had my mom had no idea that that was a thing. She had no idea. No, and it's, it's and like things that need to be talked about so people know, you know. And it's it's exactly. And it's it's interesting now the way the world is turning. The different regulations that are coming into play. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm not going to mention the M word because that like sets people like they self combust. <laughs> Ask. Um, yes. You know, ha be, having 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 their bodies regulated is a new thing for men. They don't yes. like it. Yes. They don't true. like it at all. Mm -hmm. well, welcome to the club, little boy. Time yeah. to step up. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I am very lucky to be in New York. 
um, where New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, I'm not sure about Pennsylvania. There are very strict mandates, very strict social distancing, very strict mask rules. You can't go anywhere in a public space without a mask. Hmm. And that is for the entirety of the state of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all of us up here in the Northeast. Um, and like, it's insane watching other states debate whether this is necessary or not. Well, you know, and it's... it's my sister's, an, my sister's an intensive care nurse. And so I actually said, asked her last time we were talking, I said, what's the deal with masks? Like, can you actually tell me what the deal is? She said, is there any point? Mm -hmm. She said, well, uh, the way that people use them, not really. Because what right. it actually does is make them touch their face a whole lot more than is necessary. Right. And they don't use them properly. If they use them properly, it would be fine. But using a, yeah. using a mask properly means that you make sure when you it leave covers a, your nose. Yes, but when you leave, when you finished in a space, it goes in the bin. She said, right. I, I have a different mask. I, I work on a patient. It goes in the bin. Right. Patient, different gloves, new mask. Mm -hmm. And we learn not to touch our faces. Right. And she said, so yes, they're useful, but not as people are using them. Right. And so, it's like, so, and, and it's at the same time, it's like, what's the harm? Right. It, it's um, my, my boyfriend's a, a, a microbiologist and he's, he's part of a team. He, he's not working on the vaccine. He works on drugs to help people with the disease along with all his other work that he's doing um, because they retest everybody to work on some aspect of the virus, whether it's the vaccine or the drugs to treat people who already have it. Mm -hmm. um, so he's more of the drugs that already have it because he works in immunology, cancer, and now he just moved to virology as well. Mm -hmm. And he he's like a big advocate for social distancing, um, for if everybody wears their mask and does it as well as possible, mm -hmm. then, you know, transmission rate drops. And mm -hmm. it's like, you're mostly wearing your mask to protect other people from you. It's not yes. really going to protect you. That's the, the main thing. But Correct. that's another point. People are like, well, if I'm not doing this for me, why am I going to bother? <laughs> it's so selfish. It's so selfish. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. So it's like, because you can be asymptomatic. Um, there are people that carry it and never know. There are people that are asymptomatic for the first few days and then they start feeling sick. So it's like, if you're always wearing your mask, you are not the one that's going to be spreading it to people. Or be in a place that is outside. Don't go to indoor gatherings. We have, this one drives me crazy. There's a woman who lives across the way. She is the town gossip. She is kind of a terrible person. She has a Trump flag on her house, which kind of tells you as much as you need to know. But her thing is, why aren't we allowed to be in church? The church is right across from my house. The church is tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. And they do online sermons and mm -hmm. the pastor posts them on Facebook and everything, but she is constantly crying out, why can't we be here? Why can't we do this? And it's like, this is a really, really tiny space. Yeah. It's a really old church. It's not well ventilated. There's yeah. nothing, there's no there's no protection there. And everybody always brings up, well, people are allowed to riot. People are allowed to protest. And it's like the difference between that, nobody's saying, okay, like, it's not a thing that people are like, 
you're allowed to do. It's people are doing these things, but they're also outside. A lot of these people are wearing masks and it's not like people are letting other people riot. It's not like that kind of thing. It's like you are just trying to use it to your own advantage and things like that. And it doesn't work, especially since there's a huge yard in the back of the church, a huge yard. You want to have okay. church? They do it in the backyard. And that's the thing. It's not a matter. It's not a case of you can't do this. It's just you need to do this differently. <laughs> yeah, because there's another case in a church in Alabama that one of the people in the choir had the coronavirus. They spread it to over 80 members of the church. Hmm. 80. And it's and like, there's, like there's no just in our space. There's no doubt, like, this is, a, it's an active thing in the world. It's an active thing in the world's consciousness. There right. are lots of different ways, to, different perspectives and different angles to come at this entire really, really layered mm -hmm. thing from the physical all the way out to the cosmic. You know, you can look at it in all these different layers. What comes down to is the way that we think about ourselves and the world mm -hmm. is shifting. Right. Now, the reason that's happening is because of some really big assholes in the world. And so yeah, I can't say, so you know, I'm really, I, I approve or I'm grateful, but what do I know? Really, what do mm -hmm. I know? What is best for humanity in the long run? Right. We're going through this, like we are living through this huge pivot point. This huge yeah. pivot point that might oh, yeah. last for decades and probably will. Mm -hmm. I won't be alive to see the end of this. But, it, it's, but it's like shifting, yeah. you know? The whole world's changing from this one event and it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy to to witness something this big yeah. in the world and it's kind of like because it's putting focuses on so many different things it's putting focuses yeah. on how america goes to work because all of these people all of the have to suddenly work from home and it's mm -hmm. like well they could have done that before then you know like especially if your child is sick you could work from home but the company before exactly. was like you can't absolutely do that We're it's changing things possible. Um, it's putting focuses on the climate because the climate did a hell of a lot better when the whole world was shut down. Exactly. And it's like, exactly. if, you know, <laughs> there are, it's putting so many focuses on so many things that were just kind of in the shadows before. It's really allowing us to see everything a different way because we're being, mm -hmm. we don't have a choice anymore. Right. Because typically people will turn away from our discomfort. We don't want to go towards the uncomfortable thing. Right. But now we have to. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, it hurts and we get overwhelmed and, and we don't understand why the world isn't the way it was and can't we just go back to the way it was? I wanted to go back to the way it was. This yes. is not okay and I'm really, really, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah and it's it's so interesting yeah. and to me it's shocking how many people here assume that after our presidential election this is all just going to go away they don't see yeah. the bigger picture they don't see that this is literally in every single country in the yes. world we are not special we're no, actually you, terrible no. the rest of the world is like no americans nope you stay there no. we're not we're nope it's, it's really like, it's really crazy. it's really uh been a leveler across yeah. everything 
And that's what was needed. There needed to be some kind of leveling or some kind of attempt at leveling yeah. for all of these other things to, to have the, the strength to pop up through, mm. you know, new yeah. shoots. Yeah. New shoots of everything and, and right. ideas and ways it's of being. Kind of like, you know, a forest coming back after a fire. I'm curious to know what the next big genre will be coming out in um, um, fiction. Like we've, mm-hmm. the like, I am... I'm a dweller in cosmic reality and I see I go all the way out to the biggest picture that I typically that's where I start Mm -hmm. when I look at something and so you know this the 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 glut of um, apocalyptic fiction and Mm -hmm. disaster story and um, yeah, that kind of stuff. There's a reason that that is gets so big. It's not an accident that this shit happens. It right. gets big. You reach a critical mass, and mm-hmm. then things tip over into whatever it's going to tip over into. Yeah, yeah. Just for example. No, yeah, yeah. It's really like. It's a really interesting time to live in. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and like those were never stories I read. I don't really no, like those. I don't I, read them because um, I'm not interested in that kind of reality. No. Like we were talking before. Never watch shows like post-apocalyptic. No. I think like the only show I ever watched that was post-apocalyptic was interesting because it was like this, the whole world is dying because of pollution and all this stuff and they find a portal back in time and they go back in time and there's dinosaurs and they're living with dinosaurs yeah. it was like really weird and their show couldn't make it because it was beautiful it was absolutely gorgeous but they spent right so much money making it that yeah. it couldn't sustain itself oh, so shit. it lasted like one season <laughs> but that you know that's the thing we we your energy goes where you're where attend where you put your attention so mm-hmm. if you're pu- constantly putting your attention into those worlds that's where your energy is going that's mm-hmm. what you're bringing to that's what you're birthing with right. all you know this energy that's going into this space that's what you're filling yourself with so i tend to fill myself with stuff that feels good and that's not to right. say that i'm a head hedonist or you know right fluffy 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 you know no because even like these positive 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 David Eddings books have because bad parts and things like that it's just drives me not drives me bananas when people are like positive positive this positive yeah but that's not balance either sweetheart right right you know you you need to you like a good balance, good and evil in a book. They're fighting, you know, bad things happen, good things happen. At the end, it all comes Aren't together, you know, whether it's, it's... this It's this path, but but it, it, it's a... Yeah, my intentions go towards worlds that do not, are not imploding, <laughs> are emerging, are growing, are expanding. I tend to go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the okay. post-apocalyptic thing never really appealed to me. No, never. Everybody's not. always like, oh, what would you do in a zombie outbreak? I was like, I'd be a zombie. I don't need to be alive for that. I'm fine. No, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> i a zombie. It seemed like a world I want to live in. Why would I just live to survive? I'll be a zombie. I'll be happy. No. 
Oh, that's so great. <laughs> oh, that's a book right there. I'm, I just be a zombie. That's a book. I have to. <laughs> that's so great. All right. Um, we've reached the point in the show where, although we could keep talking and talking and talking, <laughs> I'm going to do some prophecy speaks. Mm. get to do your own prophecy speaks today Rachel do you have a book I didn't pick one I figured I would just kind of randomly grab one okay and you talked about your question earlier yes so um when you say do you ever do any divination are you um no not really I did the the one time with you guys um I did a little the little audio thing for you guys that one time but other than that um, I think I might have done it once other time before that but so sit in the, the the question you wanna you wanna so find your book first and just hold it in your hands. I think I might go with with the book of longings. Nice. Okay. So so the way to phrase a question for divination is to ensure to not be asking something that can be answered with a yes no. Right. So. Um, you you are interested in guidance around your career as it sort of these two things that you see as your options yeah yes so just sit with that and then open to a page and start reading so do you want me to phrase the question somehow or we just kind of know it from what we've been talking about it's sometimes helpful to say it out loud because it gives it an extra dimension of um reality i feel like uh which way should i go it's not really a great question <laughs> i think i don't know i feel like let's see hold on let me think okay stop talking and think <laughs> um i've kind of always let the universe decide where I should go. Things kind of pop up and I go with it. I decided Spain in less, a very short amount of time because my friend had always been telling me, you should visit, you should visit. And I was like, I don't want to go for just a week. So I got certified to teach English and I went for, you know, I think it was like eight months or something. And so I just kind of like jump into different things as they come. And I have two different ways to jump and I don't know which way I should go. I don't know what's going to be the most fulfilling thing what's going to sustain me through for a long time um perfect I don't open the book (laughs) um just whichever page or wherever you are land start reading okay um welcome Anna she said coming to embrace me my daughter Salome was married only a few weeks ago and lives now in Bessera one daughter has gone and another has come There was a plaintive note beneath her smile, and it occurred to me that not only had her daughter left, but her husband had died only six months before. Two men were Jesus's brothers, James 19 and Simon 17, both dark-skinned and thick-haired like Jesus, with the same short beards and posture. The wide stance, arms crossed, but their eyes had none of the passion and the depth that Jesus's did. Pregnant woman with a prickly tongue was Judith, married to James, whose age I would discover was 15, the same as mine. They looked at me with mute stares. 
Okay. So I've got I yep, what's coming up for you? Uh I don't know. Um if, why don't you say what you Yeah? Okay, so yeah, if yeah, you think of it. if you think of your two options Mm-hmm. you see that you see as two options as um the pregnancies the they talked about two pregnancies or one had one daughter you know had, had been come. married and left and somebody else married into the family and she came in so there was something that you said when you started reading that made me that w- w- it suggested that one had come and left you know your film job and one had come and it was it's it was more earthy Mm -hmm. there was more there's more to rub you in that there's some there's a prickly tongue mentioned there's more um you know people look just looking at you and not speaking Mm -hmm expecting you to you know yeah yeah bring yourself into that space or is anything coming up as I'm talking yeah yeah no that makes that's making sense so it's it's yeah um because you know you back then you marry and you go to your husband's house and so the one daughter had gotten married and left and now the son had gotten married and brought a new woman in uh, which is the main character and everybody the, the there's one welcoming voice and everybody else just kind of staring waiting for you to tell them who you are and figuring out who you are so it's kind of more of um introducing yourself into the into the space you're you're um it, it's it's new to you and nobody knows what you are doing and you don't know anybody else. So you're kind of trying to build something. You got to build something new now, now that you're here. <laughs> do, you get a, do you get a, any kind of pull or and there's something else that I'll. Um, I think it's just trying, kind of trying to find your place in a new environment. Um, and and trying to be accepted in that environment and you don't know if uh you don't know what the other people are like you don't know what the details are because it's so new um and you gotta make your own place there make introduce yourself and and kind of make your own place and and the thing is i know that the woman they're talking about that has left, when her husband dies, she comes back too. <laughs> My point, I was going to say, and, uh, and remember, this is family. It's not an either-or kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and you can always visit, you know, from one place to another. And I know she comes back all the time. Yeah. And then once her husband dies, she comes back for, for good. Yeah. And it's... And I also know that the girl that is being welcomed in, she has to leave eventually. So it's kind of like, I don't know, 
I don't know if that really answered anything or just said that, you know, things come in and change and they can leave or they can go back and I'm not sure. Maybe it's just saying that. that you don't have to choose. That would be very nice. <laughs> have everything. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. What makes you feel like you have to choose? Um, probably the fact that I need something that I'm going to be 30 next month, that I need something that's going to sustain me. I need to be more of an adult and not, when I was living with my parents because I was traveling a lot, there was a good reason for that. You know, I could leave all my stuff here and just go wherever. And I have been doing that a lot. But now that there's coronavirus, I'm just a weird 30-year-old person that lives with their parents. And like, I really don't, it's not, it's not a good look on anybody, I don't think. Um, I don't think that you are alone, my darling. Yeah, seems to be kind of the thing at the moment. But, and it's also like, if I want anything for myself like I want I have my own space I don't have any kind of rules or anything they're not like you have to be home at this time because like I'm 30 they really don't care what I do or where I go mm. or what time it is or anything like that uh, but it's still I'm living with my parents it's not I don't have this I feel like I want to okay <laughs> I'm like rambling but you know, it's especially with things like if I want a more of a relationship or something boost like that, like if I don't show that, not that if I don't show, but like if I don't know that I can sustain myself and I rely on them, why should I have any I don't want to look for a partner or somebody that's just going to be a replacement and keep taking care of me while I figure my life out. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want that to be somebody else's job. And I want to be able to stand alone and be fine on my own because I don't want somebody else feeling like they're having to take care of me at all. I want equal partnership and things like that. And if I don't have if I can't stand on my own, I don't want them to have to hold me up. I want to be able to do that myself before going any further with anybody else. You want to know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Because keep in mind the, the, the equalizer that you are using is money. That's it. Mm -hmm. There are, there's a lot of ways that, relationships balance money is just the most obvious way right. of keeping score of life and that's not the most important way right and we we're so we're so eager to um get away get away get out be independent be in charge of ourselves and all of the things and that's a fairly new development, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
And I think that the when we go traveling and when we have those forays out into the world by ourselves, mm-hmm. our adventures, we go on our quests mm-hmm. and then we come back so we can share what we've learned. If we never come back, if we don't have that space to come back to, we don't let ourselves come back, we think we can't, mm-hmm. the cycle's not complete. So there are, I think that we make rules for ourselves that maybe necessarily don't have to be so fixed. Wanting to experience something, that's like totally. Okay. Want to experience what this feels like. I want to, it feels strong, it feels fat, powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's one way of feeling strong and powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, but you don't have to choose one or the other. You don't have to choose and it doesn't mean that you are a successful person because you Mm. live one way or another way. Are you happy? Yeah, mostly, yeah. Do you create? Um, Do you feel creative? I mean, I just, yeah, I guess. I'm not sure. I always feel like I like, Everybody always told me I was creative. My thing was I always felt like I helped other people be creative. That's creative. So like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> people forget that every moment is an act of creation. Mm. So you're creating all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think, but I think the, the central point of your divination was that you don't actually have to choose. It's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. And you just show up, sweetheart. Show up and let it rub you a little bit. See what happens. How does that feel? Very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. So okay. I always sometimes it does feel like I have to have one or the other, but I just can kind of see where the world goes because I've liked everywhere so far that the universe has brought me you know and like I said I I decide things pretty last minute that's kind of how I am about everything and Uh you know the random choice to take that elective and find film the random choice to go to that specific school the random choice to go to to Spain and live there for a while and, and and things like that and I've been traveling a lot like I had a friend that was like oh hey you should come over there's this festival we're going to in Germany and I was like all right I'll do that and um I like that freedom to do to do all that stuff and I like doing things very last minute like that and just kind of following where things take me and the the, the thing about the nudges that the universe gives you they're not lightning strikes very well sometimes (laughs) that's not true sometimes they are mostly Mostly it's just little nudges. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when, when you've got that practice of getting still every day or having that some kind of personal practice that lets you get into that still still place, mm-hmm. you get more and more um, aware of just the, hmm, that, hmm, that, or hmm, don't eat that, or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that person, or, oh, that thing. Yeah. It really is that subtle. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
Um, and it's like, I just, yeah, that's interesting for sure. I've done so many different things just because it was like, oh, maybe we should. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. Like my best friend at one point, she was like, I'm having so much trouble paying rent. And I was like, I'll move in with you for a while. And I lived with her for six months until she was like, okay, she's, she was good and she was going to move. And then I was like, all right, I'll come back. Okay, so how is it that you don't define your entire life up to now as independent and powerful? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess the whole... I don't know. It's not because that I don't. the patriarchal structure has taught you what success looks like <laughs> and what powerful independence looks like. <laughs> it's totally brainwashed you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> success and living with your parents and this kind of thing doesn't go hand in hand, you know. Who says? They say. <laughs> you get to say what you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much for getting all vulnerable and letting yeah. me push buttons and <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could do this talk. And um, clearly, if you want to talk about anything, Eddings, I'm in. <laughs> Very good. Anything. <laughs> Fantastic. Is there anywhere that you would like to send people? I will include any links of, to anything that you would like. Um, I mean, I, we're going to have the, the links to the, that movie that I worked on, as well as some of their other projects. The song that they have right now, I think is really, it, mm -hmm. it speaks to me on a very deep level. And if you listen to it, you'll know why. Um, mm -hmm. um, other than that, I don't think I have anything else to, to put out there. But um, I think you've got quite enough out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. This is really cool. <sighs> okay, well, this entire series of conversations was, far, was triggered by this lovely lady. Rachel. Ah. So thank yeah. you, Rachel. Yeah, no problem. See, the things that you don't know. You walk through yeah. the world, rippling out into the world, and you don't <laughs> even know it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh. Okay, darlings, we've come to the end of the conversation. Talk to you soon.